So friends, I uh, want to confess to you that as um, I uh, said last Sunday, I stand before you, yes, as um, a pastor of this space, but I also stand before you as a human who has had a very human experience this week, looking at humans who have also had a very human experience this week. And there are times when um, I believe that the preached word is not about, oh, all these beautiful transitions or saying something novel, but instead for us to unearth just timeless goodness that we can find within scripture. Sometimes like just to give us a place to land, a little bit of space to breathe, to feel together, maybe even to feel deeply within ourselves. To know that our, um, that our work together is always tethered to promises of God and a new way of being that doesn't disconnect us from what might be happening in the world, but that helps us to know how to be in the world and a world that doesn't know how to be. My job as a pastor is to be deeply committed to the spiritual formation of people is for us to believe that with our waking, breathing, living days, they will not be lived like that of the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but that with our waking, living days in the here and now, not in the great getting up yonder, friends, but in the here and now, we might live life and life more abundantly hard stop, and that we would be about life and life more abundantly hard stop. So this morning isn't about, oh my gosh, I need to make these really lovely novel turns, and that this is about like, preaching the sermon to the highest heavens, but instead that we might just anchor ourselves in a truth that reminds us how to be in a world that doesn't oftentimes know how to be. So hear now these words from Matthew chapter 5, beginning with the first verse, and we're going to end with the 12th verse. And the gospel writer says this, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of my friends and colleagues, who's um, also a United Methodist pastor, when we were in seminary, we took our first trip to Haiti together. And my dear friend was so, um, her, her imagination for um, 
what God might be able to do in Haiti was so grand that she began to commit herself to uh, a ministry that she created in um, Fondois, which is like a mountain area um, a couple of hours away from Port-au-Prince. Now, my friend and my colleague just happened to be in Fondois during um, the earthquakes in January of 2010. And my friend tells me this story that um, I have held on to for these last 12 years, that as she was walking with some children in Fondois, many of these children who I have met uh, probably seven, eight, nine times over the course of the last 17 years, that as they were walking down these mountain passes, there were aftershocks that were felt. I mean, the, the earth began to, began to quake. Now, they were outside, which made them feel safer. But all of a sudden, the children stopped, and they put their hands up to the heavens. Some of the children began to bow down, and they began to worship. And my friend was like, um, children, we need to keep going. <laughs> we need to keep moving. And she says she could not get the children to move. They stood there with their arms to the heavens. Now, here's the reason why. These children truly believed that as the earth began to quake, that it wasn't another earthquake, but that Jesus was, was coming, was going to return. I mean, we say it all the time in our uh, Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come. They thought that the, the reign of Christ was literally coming, and so they, they were like, we are, not, we are not moving. Now, however you might conceptualize what that might look like, what I want you to hold on to is that these children had this capacity to believe that there was something else that could come and break their everyday ordinary existence, and they were not going to move until they saw that thing come. The other thing about these children stopping and waiting for the kingdom to come is that the reality of their lives was not enough for them to want something else. That there was a, a belief that there could be more than what they had. You know, as... Um, we have been wedged between oppression and violence. As we have been wedged between death. And as I have watched members in this community express their holy rage, two, two young people in our community who I literally remember from preschool and also to when they were baptized, were protesting in the streets yesterday. As I watched them committed and convicted about the ways in which we resist evil and justice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. As some of us are having visceral bodily, I mean like moments, I am not watching a video. That looks like killing me, no. or even in our grieving, just feeling really heavy or wanting something more. You know, friends, it's our way of like lifting our hands to the heavens and being like, is there something else that might end break? 
because your grief and that visceral feeling uh, and, that, and that holy rage as you walk up and down Fayetteville Street is your way of saying, I am unsettled with the world as it is. And I'm hoping for an inbreaking of the world as it should be. I am looking at someone in our congregation who reminded me in the ministry of the DMs that this is not it. Not only can we get more because of the God that we serve, we can be more because of the God that we serve. This morning's passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 5 is a picture of what more can look like. I'm going to confess that when I saw that this was the passage of scripture that had come up in the lectionary, which is basically um, over the course of a year, there are passages of scripture that are delineated and designated for every single Sunday. And I try not to just be doing my own thing, but sometimes to be disciplined enough to preach from the lectionary so that I don't preach the same four passages that I love over and over again. <laughs> but I was not pumped about preaching on Matthew chapter 5, which is sometimes known as the Beatitudes, that word meaning um, the blessings. But oh, this week, how this passage of Scripture found me. Because the Beatitudes, which means the blessings, which is, one of the, which is the first sermon that Jesus preaches within um, Matthew's gospel, paints a picture of what, um, of what on earth bringing the kingdom near might look like. The things that Jesus considers to be blessed. So Jesus has been baptized in Matthew's gospel, and we started from belovedness, you know, that, uh, uh, that Jesus is the beloved son of God. And then Jesus begins um, to call the disciples and starts this ministry of healing and of bringing people close that the world might push afar. And the stories about Jesus are beginning to like spread throughout the countryside of just how powerful Jesus is. That folks are like, mm, there is something about this man that feels worthy of us following. And then in Matthew chapter 5, it says that Jesus is going up the mountain and Jesus sees a crowd of people. Jesus doesn't stand up in front of the crowds. In the scripture, it says that what does Jesus do? Jesus sits down. Let me help you to understand. Whenever Jesus sits down, that is Jesus taking on a rabbinic posture, meaning Jesus is about to teach us something. And when Jesus sits down, it says, that's when the people come. Not that the people are coming and then Jesus sits down. When Jesus takes on the rabbinic posture, they're like, we have heard some things about this man and this man is about to start spitting some facts. We're gonna come on up to hear what Jesus has to say. And Jesus begins to share a vision of what blessed and blessed life looks like. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit does not mean deprived or depraved. Poor in spirit means those who feel like they may not have anything to give. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Basically meaning when you feel like you have nothing valuable to give, God still sees something valuable in you. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who weep over the things that God would weep over. 
Blessed are those who do not dismiss or disassociate from the hurts and pains of the world. Blessed are those who tell people on the mourner's bench, scooch over so I can sit with you as well. Because this God who created all things out of goodness, whenever it is not treated good, we should weep. These are the ones who will actually know what it is to be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the ones who do not have to have power over in order to feel powerful. Blessed are the ones who do not have to kill a body to control a body. Hmm. These are the ones who will get everything. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are vulnerable enough to say, this is what I need, and I have not arrived, and I don't know it all, and that there's still space for me to be transformed and changed. These are the ones who will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, who do not hustle, to be loved, or ask others to hustle, to be loved. These will be the ones who will know what it is to receive grace. Blessed are the pure in heart. Notice it doesn't say blessed are the pure. <laughs> blessed are the ones who are working things out. Blessed are the ones who are asking hard questions. Blessed are the ones who are examining their souls. Blessed are the ones who do not want to be disconnected from their humanity. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will also have access to God. Blessed are the peacemakers. And friends, I'm going to move. And so for my Facebook Live friends, I need to move. Blessed are the peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Blessed are the ones where shalom, wellness, is conferred upon others that also wellness and also with you might also be conferred upon them. So that wellness might be the way in which we understand life. Peacekeeping looks like, I'm going to put you in solitary confinement, hey James, I'm going to put you in solitary confinement to keep the peace. I'm going to shoot pellets to keep the peace. We are not peacekeepers. We are peacemakers. We literally stir up shalom within us that is extended to others. These are the ones who will be called children of God. Literally, they'll have a relationship with the one who is our peace, who calls God's self peace. That's who we are. I'm not going to mismanage your body and ever call it peace. I'm not going to disconnect you from community and call it peace. Blessed are the reviled. Blessed are the ones who actually believe what Jesus has to say. Blessed are the ones who will invite everyone to their table. Blessed are the ones who will touch bodies that are called unclean. Blessed are the ones whose way of life starts to look so offensive because it looks too much like God. 
Blessed are the ones who draw their circles way too wide. Blessed are the ones who are doing their work and so they know they can't have it both ways. These will be the ones who win. Jesus basically paints a picture out of authority and power that when Jesus sits down, that people, the people want to know what Jesus is going to say. Jesus says, what we don't think is possible is blessed because it's possible. You know, so much of Jesus' ministry is offering a new way, a new way that is incomprehensible to most folks but becomes compelling to us when we are covered in the dust of our rabbi, when we follow Jesus so closely that we watch how Jesus speaks and we watch how Jesus eats and we watch how Jesus loves and we watch how Jesus confers mercy and we're like, uh-huh, I'm covered, I'm covered, I'm covered, but I'm covered in a new way that sometimes is just not going to make sense to the empire. You know, Jesus will say, you got bread in the, in the wilderness, but I am the bread of life. There's a new way. You will never be hungry again. Jesus says, there is a new way. The enemy comes to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly, that more joy, more peace, more grace, more connection now, not when you're dead one day, now. Jesus says, you can come to the fields in the morning or you can come to the fields in the afternoon, and Jesus has the kind of economy that everyone still gets paid. It doesn't make sense. Some people say, oh, Jesus is declaring an upside-down kingdom. No, I think Jesus is just declaring this is the way that it should be. What you are doing is not it. But the kingdom of God is near. The way that I do it is so close that you can touch it. And then Jesus says, it is blessed this way. Walter Brueggemann talks about how um, this particular vision that Jesus offers up is so counterintuitive. It's so counterintuitive. It, it's, going to some, it's going to, in some ways, disrupt how we have been taught to live in this world or how the empire has told us that we need to live in this world. And Walter Brueggemann goes on to say this in his book, um, Prophetic Imagination. That the alternative community, however, knows it need not engage in deception. We need not engage in deception so we don't kill black bodies to control them. We need not engage in deception so we don't have to obliterate Asian bodies to subdue them. We need not gauge in, in deception. And so we don't disconnect white bodies from a story and, and instead try to anchor it to a myth that somehow you are supreme, not realizing that God was the one who breathed into you the breath of life. You did not breathe into God the breath of life because if you are supreme, then you cannot save yourself or what will save you. You don't need a myth of an identity. Let it be anchored in a story Friends, we need something else. We need something else, a world that is not engaged in deception. It is not blessed what happened in Monterey Park. 
It is not blessed what happened to Kylie Nichols. And you know what brings the kingdom near? After Jesus paints a picture of what a new world can look like, Jesus then says, because you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. We start to live like we don't want to engage in deception. We live like we believe in what Jesus says is blessed. We started out this month making commitments. On January 8th, some of you were here. And you came to this communion table where we had um, three baptismal bowls. And as you came to those um, three baptismal bowls, we first asked you this question as a way of examining ourselves. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? And with a very rowdy, you all said, we do. And then you came to water and bowls, and you placed your hand in those bowls, and you said, um, whatever you needed to say, but it was also conferred over you, remember your baptism and keep it holy. Remember that you are committed to a different way of being and keep it holy. I simply just want to invite us to believe in what Jesus says is blessed. I simply want to invite us to disrupt whatever is not blessed. I simply want to invite us to live like we believe in what Jesus says is blessed. In the name of the one who creates, redeems, and sustains, may it be so. Amen. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, would you pour out your blessings upon us? Gracious God, might you look at our lives and call them blessed. Gracious God, would you give us the courage to live as those who believe in what you bless so that we might be salt of the earth, that we might be light in this world. God, forgive us when we have not resisted and we have participated 
in systems that hurt and harm. Forgive us when we have not loved you and we have not loved our neighbors and we have not loved ourselves. Gracious God, forgive us when we have picked up death-dealing tools or felt tempted by power over. God, would you not only free us for joyful obedience, but gracious, gracious God, would you free us that we might live the lives that you have called us to live. That if we would sit at your feet, that you would teach us. That we would rise to our feet and live what you have taught us. We ask this, O oh God, in the strong name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen.